today is not just a new, uh, it's not just a new service as far as a new uh, 8 a.m. thing. We actually start a whole new series. And we love new series. So great. Well, the last series we did was really exegetical. I mean, we went into the Bible and we, we kind of just took a, a, each of those stories and we got into them and see now uh, we're going to be starting a different kind of series and really talking about uh, this whole picture of Scripture. How does it say, wh- what are we designed for? How do we fit for in, in God's big plan in our life? And so I'm excited to get into it. Some good stuff today. Um, our memory verse for today comes to us from 1 Corinthians 12.4, which is incidentally where we'll be studying a lot in today's message. And this is what it says. Paul writes, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Super easy. We'll talk about why this is such an important passage, but uh, first let's set it to our hearts. And the series that we're going to be um, doing is called Shape. And, uh, and really it's this idea of, of how were you shaped for ministry? As everybody was made for ministry, God designed you. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people in the world that say that you're a mistake, that you were just a stardust that got sneezed together somehow mystically. I don't have enough faith to believe that, but I do have enough faith to trust a God who actually did design us, and, and he designed you. He made you perfectly for ministry, not just in general. We all say, yeah, I was, I was God created like everything. He created you. He has shaped you perfectly for what he wants you to do. And you know that every single person is unique. It's one of the greatest things about being a pastor is not only I get to worship God and help people do that, but I get to know the people that he made. And there's no two people that I ever get to meet that are exactly the same. I'm like, you are just like this. No, he makes each one of us unique for a reason. And, and uh, it's like these two, uh, uh, these two tools that we see up on the board. We have a tire and a hammer, right? Both very, very different. And we can tell what they were made to do if we simply look at how they were designed, right? Uh, when my son was little, we had a toy box, and we would pour out the toys, and there was a toy hammer, and he was just probably 18 months old, and he picks up that hammer, and you know what he does with it? He smacks something, because that's what it's made to do. It didn't take a genius, right? And there was a little toy tire that was in there, and you know what he did with that? He tried eating it like a donut, but when that didn't work, he rolled it, right? Sometimes we can tell what something was made to do by looking at its shape, right? How it was designed. In fact, we would say, for us, sometimes we can tell what function something was made for by looking how it's designed, right? Looking at how it was designed. It's a good thing. Well, if it's true for these things, it's also true for us. There are a lot of people in the world that spend a lot of their time wondering what were they made for, right? What is their purpose in life? Have you ever heard somebody ask that? Have you asked that question? Have you ever felt sometimes maybe frustrated or, or, or like you just aren't being used the way that what you were meant for? Well, it's kind of like, you know, each of these were meant to do something. They were both meant to drive things. One was meant to drive miles. The other one was to drive nails. You know how silly it would be if you were going to hang a picture in your house and you went out to your garage and you come back in with a tire and you're going to drive that nail in there? Could you do it? It, you could. It would be frustrating, wouldn't it? Be exhausting. You would get done. You'd be like, oh, right. And it wouldn't be good for the tire, would it? Like you could drive a few nails with a tire, but eventually it's going to damage the tire. I think a lot of us in life are trying to wonder what we were meant to do, and if we're if we're doing what we weren't designed for, if we're in ministries and service that we weren't made for, it becomes frustrating, becomes exhausting. It actually becomes damaging, and it's not the way that it was meant to be. 
So to be successful in ministry, I think one of the things that we need to look at is how did God make us? Isn't it better to use a hammer to drive nails? Yeah. We want to see what you were made for. And so for the next five weeks, that's exactly what we're going to do. It's going to be kind of interactive. They're going to give you some tools. We're going to give you some, some, some teaching and then some tools to figure out how did God make you. And there are five different areas in that we're going to look at as we do that. The first one is our spiritual gifts. The next is our heart. That are our passions. Next are our abilities. Then our personality. And last, our experiences. Each one of these things are how, how God is, is shaping you for your ministry. Now, here's the brilliance of God. He's not shaping you for one ministry once in your life, right? Like there's like something that he has for you to do and your entire life is building up to that very moment and you're not ready for that ministry yet. See, God is so brilliant that he has perfectly shaped you for the ministry he has for you today. And tomorrow, you'll be perfectly shaped for the ministry he has for you then. And yesterday, you were perfectly shaped for that ministry. You are constantly changing, right? You are constantly growing and God is constantly shaping you for exactly what he's designed you to be, what he wants you to do. That is awesome, right? Well, some things that he's given us to do that, some things that impact and we look at what we have in our life, one of those is our spiritual gifts, right? Uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today of what are our spiritual gifts. And, and so we're going to be kind of a two-part thing. First thing we're going to talk about really our spiritual gifts. We're going to discuss what they are, and then we're going to talk about how you can discover yours. And... Um, and so if you have a Bible, that's the best way to get into God's Word is actually to get into God's Word. I like to say that. And so it's uh, 1 Corinthians 12. This is where our memory verse came from. If you have one of our Bibles, that's going to be on page 799. If you need a Bible, we have uh, a whole bunch of them on the back there. And you're welcome to, to use one of those. And if you need a Bible, just keep it, our gift to you. And so as you're first turning to 1 Corinthians 12, let me give you some context as to what's happening, because in Scripture we always want to make sure that we know the context, what it, what's going on. We don't want to twist the Bible to, to say anything that it doesn't say. So in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and it's a young church, right? This is the first, his first letter that we have in 1 Corinthians. And that church had a unhealthy fascination with spiritual manifestations, right? They really liked the miracles, and when the apostles came in, one of the things that God did to establish a church to make sure that everybody knew that this was actually from God, not just from man, people got to do these, these they, they were having gifts, and there were a lot of miracles. People being healed, all this kind of stuff, and it was a way of proving the truth of the gospel. Well, the, the Corinthian church really loved that. And who wouldn't, right? But they began to crave the spectacle, right? They began to, they, they really thought, of, okay, if God is in it, then we're going to have to see miraculous things. And they really liked that whole sensational idea of this and so uh, but not only that but they also began to give a a hierarchy if you would of of the gifts certain gifts because they were more spectacular in their vision that they thought were more important and so if you had those you could be more prideful that i have this phenomenal gift right and this other doesn't so i can speak in tongues of angels and therefore i am better than so-and-so, right? Or this person is able to heal people, and so that's, they, God must love them better. They're going to have more influence in the church than I do, right? And so they had this unhealthy understanding of the gifts. And it's not that they were evil or anything like this. They're the first people that ever came across these things. Spiritual gifts were a new thing. And so Paul writes to them to kind of show them this is God's intent for spiritual gifts. This is kind of what they are. This is how they're to be used. And that's what we get in 1 Corinthians 12. So it's a great place for us to start as we look into what spiritual gifts are, right? 
So some great things. So hopefully you're there by, uh, by now. And if you're at uh, verse 1 in uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, is this. Now, uh, about the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I think the first thing we need to understand about spiritual gifts is that we're supposed to understand them. These aren't something that's supposed to be just mystical and kept in a closet or something like that we're not supposed to talk about. The Apostle Paul says, God's given these to you. I want you to understand them. And and so some things that we see there, even that first verse, is uh, that these are gifts, right? He wants us to understand these in the very way he describes them. They are gifts. And are gifts earned? No. Right? No, no one earns a gift. If you earn it, it's a wage. Right? These aren't your spiritual wages. Right? So it's not based upon how good you will have performed depending upon what gift you have. And that goes against the whole idea the Corinthians had that some gifts were for better Christians or not. Right? God gives these gifts. We have, they are a gift. They are earned. Next thing about a gift, as you understand, is that it's yours. <laughs> If I went over to your house, say I came over to your house and I brought a housewarming party or gift, all right? I brought maybe like an oven mitt because those are awesome, right? Why would you not bring an oven mitt for a gift? That was a horrible one. Why would I come up with that? Okay, but let's say I did, <laughs> right? And I come to your house and I say, hey, thanks for letting me have you over. Here's a great oven mitt and it's yours. You can use that however you want, whenever you want. It is yours, isn't it? If you want to use that oven mitt to open pickle jars, it's yours to do that. If you want to use that oven mitt to kill flies, yours to do it, right? If you want to stick that oven mitt in the back drawer and never use it, that's yours. It is your gift to either use or not use whenever you choose. And however you should choose, it's yours. And if you want to use that oven mitt every single time you pull something hot out of the oven, you can do that too. Because these are gifts. And when God gives us spiritual gifts, the thing about a spiritual gift is that it's yours to use. You can use it on demand. It is yours. And God is trusting you with that. Amazing thing that we want to understand. So we need to understand our gifts. The next thing that we find, verses 8 and 11. I'm going to skip around in this passage a little bit. Uh, but verses 8 and 11, it says, uh, To one there is given uh, through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge. To the same Spirit. And he goes on these lists of different kinds of, of things. What we see here is that spiritual gifts are special or enhanced abilities. Okay, these are things that, that you could do now that you weren't able to do before, right? That's why it's a gift. It's not something that was natural. It's not an ability. It's not something you were born with. And so some people got wisdom. Some people got speaking in tongues. Some people got healing. Some people, there's all kinds of gifts that God could give you. And there's a whole abundance. In fact, there's four different lists in the Bible. Uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, that have lists of different gifts. And they have different gifts. Some of them have the, some of the same, but there's some different gifts in there. And none of those gifts are, are exhaustive. I mean, God can give you any kind of gift he wants, right? And so they're there, but they, what they are is they are all enhanced abilities or a new ability that you didn't have previously. And so it's something that now that God has given it to you, now you have it, and now you can use it. And so that's a pretty neat thing. And they are all pretty neat stuff if you looked at that list. I mean, who wouldn't want to have any one of those, those gifts? All good stuff. The next thing we find out about spiritual gifts is that they are distributed by God. He is the one who decides. That's verse 11. If you look there, it says, All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes, uh, it distributes them, each one, just as he determines. Right? God is the one that's in charge of determining who gets what gifts. 
right? And this is why I had us memorize the memory verse, right? There are lots of different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, right, is, is distributes them. The same spirit. Why is this important? Because we are humans and we really like to evaluate ourselves based upon other people. We like to be envious, don't we? We want to look at somebody else and say, I wish I had that gift, right? Does God make mistakes? No. And does God ever do something without a plan or a purpose? Have we ever seen a time where God was just like, oh, willy-nilly, I'm just going to... No, God is brilliant, and he's got plans and purposes in it. If he gave you a gift, there is a reason he gave you that gift. And if he didn't give you a gift, there's a reason for that too. And one of the things that's so important for us, we won't fall into the trap that the Corinthians fell into at first, is we can't look at other people's gifts and be envious of what they have and despise the gift that we have. It is the same spirit. They are all gifts of God. They are all very important. In fact, they are all essential. Think of it this way. Uh, I, I love that they're all different. Um, if you open up your car um, the, the, where the engine is, right? You, you go to a, a service station, you pop the lid, boom, you open up the thing, and you look in at the engine. Each one of those parts looks very different, doesn't it? I mean, they all have a unique function, right? Can, would it be crazy if you went to a, a you know, service station, you opened up the engine, and inside there was just, I don't know, like a bunch of dipsticks, right? They were all just the same, right? Would your car work very well? No, they had to be formed differently for on reason. Like the engineer behind the car made the car so it wasn't just filled with dipsticks, right? Same with God, okay? A church filled with dipsticks is not going to be effective, right? We have to be different. We have to understand that there are different things that we are meant to do. And God is the one who decides what's best. And our spiritual gifts are just one part of how he shaped you, but he made you for something. He made you perfectly, and the gift that he gave you, he distributed it to you for a reason. How awesome is that? And God is the ones behind it, and I find great pleasure in that. It's not just willy-nilly random that you ended up with your gift. God purposely thought it through and said, this is something in your life to help you be successful in the ministry and the life that I've given you. The next thing that we're going to find in here is that uh, spiritual gifts are for believers. And this is huge, right? Because uh, uh, in verse uh, 7, if we go and we see that, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. To each one. And he's talking to Christians and believers. These are spiritual gifts. God gives these gifts to his children. God does not give gifts to every single person once they are born. He gives abilities to them, opportunities. But spiritual gifts uniquely, and this is from the New Testament church, believers before uh, Pentecost, they didn't get these. Like, we live in an amazing age, right? We have these special spiritual abilities that God has given us, and it's unique, but it is only for believers. And, it's, and, because, and I mention this because in discovering our gifts, there are going to be some tools that we can offer, like a spiritual gift test. And atheists can take a spiritual gift test and get results back, and they'll say, I have these. What they're finding is they have abilities. Spiritual gifts tests are only good enough to as make you think about what was happening in your life? How did God make you? And so help you define those things, right? But it also is important for us to realize that these are gifts of God and they are for believers. And if you're not in Christ yet, you don't have a spiritual gift yet. So it'd be kind of silly for you to kind of be sitting there trying to figure out what your spiritual gift is. But once you come to faith in Christ, there is a gift that God has given you. And, there's, and we would say, why? Oh, why does he do that? Well, another thing we understand is for believers, it says to each one, he, just, he gives a gift. 
This is important. That means it's for believers. It's for every believer. There is no Christian out there who doesn't have a spiritual gift. Every single one of you has at least one. Some people have more than one gift. And God does that. He distributes that for a reason. Some people have just one spiritual gift. That's fine. Um, it doesn't mean he loves you less. It means that he's, there's an importance of that gift in your life. But no Christian has all of the gifts. How do we know that? Well, that next passage, uh, verse 12, it says, just as a body, has, uh, though one has many parts. And he talks and gives this whole thing about how we need each other. Nobody is self-sufficient. And we were designed by God to be interconnected interdependent like a body and so no christian is out there saying well i can do it all myself no we were designed by god to need one just like your car right you have all those parts that work together just like a body and so if you are a christian you are gifted by god but you are not connected to a body of faith you're kind of like a really you might be like a really great spleen right that is just existing on its own but the problem with it is you're going to die on your own uh, a most functioning spleen in the world can only do so much if it doesn't have a heart and, and lungs and a brain and all those other things attached to it. And really, it's not very good. It's not able to function and do what God designed for it to do if it's independent. The whole idea of independent Christianity, I don't need a church, is such a fallacy. And I think it's from the devil directly, and it teaches us that we don't need each other and we're going to be a divided body of Christ. And what happens is, is that we are an ineffective body of Christ. We are effectively a dead body of Christ in our community. We were, needed, we were designed to be needed. And you are needed here. And every Christian has one of these gifts. And, and it's for, it said, if we, if we saw that, it is for the ministry. How great is that? Now, I think that might be my next one, is that spiritual gifts are meant for ministry. Romans uh, uh, 12, 6. Let me read that for you because it's, it says this, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, well, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You see, I understand that all of these gifts are ours to use however and whenever we want. But if God gave it to you, he, he gave it to you for a reason. Your life is going to be more fulfilling if you actually use your gift and it's for ministry. It's to serve God and it's to serve other people. We were meant in this life to be so much more than just happy. We were supposed to have a purposeful life to serve and to love. In fact, what is the, the true greatest commandments? It's to love God with everything we are and to love other people as much as we love ourselves. And yet I think most of us live our lives with... This world tells us there's one major commandment, and it is look out for number one. And it leads to a dead life, doesn't it? And so we were meant to use what we have, our gifts, not just to, to make us happy, but to enrich the world around us, to enrich the kingdom of God. What a great thing. And now there's different ways that we can serve in ministry. The first way in ministry that we're to serve is to serve one another. That's a whole, the, the church is a body illustration, right? that we're meant to care for one another. In fact, Jesus even said that the world will know that we're truly his followers by our love for one another. If you have the gift of encouragement, are you encouraging brothers and sisters in the, cry, in, in, in the church? If you have, have a gift of serving, are you serving them? If you are a teacher, are you teaching? The whole idea is we need to care for one another in the body. We're healthier that way. 
It's a good thing to do, and you are empowered to do it. And I feel like there's been a huge lie that's been propagated over a very long period <laughs> of time that you have to be specially trained in order to be able to serve here. No, you have been gifted. You have been gifted to minister. Now, another way that we're supposed to minister is not just in the body, but God wants us to be his hands and feet in this world, to be his ambassadors. We're supposed to serve as Christians, as the church in our community, to care for our community. You know, one of the things we say as as a church, one of the things that we're driven for, our vision, one of our goals is to saturate the Estes Valley with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of what he's done, that he's actually a loving God and he cares for people and there is hope and forgiveness of sins. How is that ever going to happen if, if we're not actually caring for people? If we don't know our, our pre-believing brothers and sisters and, and, and if we're not connected into our community, if we're not actually going and serving and showing compassion. There's a ministry that is to the church, but there is a ministry that you have that is also through the church. Now, some of those, most of those ministries are not official ministries. I love and I look at and I see so many of I know that you are caring for your neighbors. I know that there are people in your life, family members, that you pray for and that you serve and that you give encouragement. Those are your co-workers, that you are there every day being a faithful witness. That is a ministry. But you have been spiritually gifted for that. And one of the things we can look at is your spiritual gift will help you see maybe a way that you can minister most effectively to those that are around you. What a great thing. Now, we have uh, this truth that you were made, that you were called, and you are gifted for ministry. In Scripture, New Testament, it is just very clear. You were designed for this. You, you don't have to be qualified in any other way than that you were saved and God has given you his Holy Spirit. And I think if God is in you, you're pretty darn qualified. <laughs> but he made you perfectly, shaped you in your life, all these other ways for ministry. You were called for it. He has called you as ambassador. He has called you uh, his, his child. You were called to go into this world and to serve using his name. I'm serving because of Christ. It, you, you are gifted for it. He has equipped you to do every good work. God has given us everything you need to be successful in your life, in your ministry. The, the secret is for us then is to find it and then have the will to use it. First Peter 4.10 says, Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Isn't that an awesome truth? That's an amazing truth. Each one of us. And that means every one of us that are here, if you are a follower in Christ, you have already, even today, you've been called to it. Now we just need to do it. So how do you find your spiritual gifts? Because they're spiritual gifts and it has that word spiritual in it, oftentimes it scares us, doesn't it? We think it's all kind of an ethereal thing, like, oh no, how are we going to do it? It's really not that hard. There are ways that we can find our spiritual gifts. And there are three things that you can do. The first one is to ask God to show them to you. The second is to examine your conversion. And the third one, if you need it, take a spiritual gift test. Okay? And here are three things that you can do. The first one, look at that. Look, uh, ask God to, to show his gifts to you. God gave them to you, didn't he? I have an aunt who gives me the coolest gifts. Uh, and she does so on my birthday every year. And I get a box. And, uh, and it comes in. And I never know what's going to be in it. And, and most of the time I have no idea, even after I unwrap it. I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Right? Because she finds the craziest, goofiest things, right? And so this last year, uh, I opened up the, the present from her, and um, it was, it, it looked like a homemaking bomb kit. That's what it looked like, right? I was like, I have no idea what this is. So I asked her, 
And, and she laughed because she forgot to put the instructions in. It's a, it's a way of making a clock out of an orange. You stick these things in and somehow it powers this little clock that you make and it's really cool. I was gifted to tell time with fruit. That's what I was. But if I didn't know what that was about, I had no idea to use it. I had to ask the gift giver. You have a God who gave you these gifts. He wants you to use them. He is with you. Just talk to him and say, God, I know that I, was, I, I need direction in my life. I was made for something. You gifted me for it. What was it? Talk to him. There was a real God, and he will really answer you. Right? It, probably, it, may, not, it may be audible. Never has happened that way for me, but he's always answered me. I'll tell you what. He will answer you. Talk to him. That's the very first thing. In fact, never go looking for your spiritual gifts without that. Because all the other things that we have are only speculation. God can help drive you to it. After we talk to God and spend some time saying, God, what is it that you made me for? Examine your conversion. Why? Because that's when you received your spiritual gift. You know what my spiritual gift is? It doesn't have a really fancy name. In fact, I don't know if I could put a name on it, but it's being able to read scripture, understand it, and communicate it. How do I know that's a spiritual gift? Because the day before I was converted, right, I was at a Promise Keepers event in uh, 1992, and uh, the day before that, I knew that Jesus was God because I could do all of the, uh, the study to find out that it, you know, the Bible's reliable, that the, the, uh, the resurrection really took place. I did all of that. But when I read Scripture itself, it was just kind of like, you ever watch the Peanuts cartoons and one of the adults talking? It's like, meow, meow, meow. that's what it was like to me. I would read it and, it, and all the theological truths and things like this made no sense. Right, And I would do like everybody said, I would read the book from beginning to end and all this. And it was just like there was a, a block in my brain. I just couldn't get it. And then even worse, I had friends and, and, and that I really loved. And I was trying to tell them some of the things I'd listen to a pastor or something like that would kind of explain some of this. And I would try to tell it to them. And I would mess it up so bad. Right, I totally messed up uh, like the concept of forgiveness, which you would think that was a simple concept. I totally messed that up with one of my friends, like made it like the opposite. And, I, and as the words were coming out of my mouth, I just knew it was wrong, right? But I couldn't explain this. Now, I had that conversion moment. I came to Christ. I was, I was down on that stadium and I, was, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That night, I went home. I picked up the Bible. I started reading the book of John and it made sense. Not only did it make sense, like all of a sudden it was like, shh. I went to my mom and I said, Mom, and I was able to explain things to her from that. It was miraculous. And I thought, this is crazy. And I was expecting for it to wear off. It has yet to wear off. It's a gift. I look at my conversion and I saw I had something that I wasn't able to do before and now I was able to do it. That's something, that's kind of a clue for you. So look at your conversion experience. Maybe there was something that was like that. Some people have a dramatic uh, showing of a gift like I had. Others, more subtle. But looking at your conversion, take some time, really think it through. What changed? Was there something in you that you were now able to do or even maybe in a better way um, than before? The next thing you can do, and, and, and this is a helpful tool, it's, it's a It's a spiritual gift test. Now, this is just a tool. Remember, an atheist can take a spiritual gift test and come out with spiritual gifts, even though they don't have them, right? And so these are are not, they're not there to like, I'm do this and this is absolutely, these spiritual gift tools are just tools, right? They're going to help you think through your life, how you were designed, and give you some direction. Maybe help ask the questions that you hadn't thought of asking about yourself. Kind of be introspective as you take those things. And so, um, but they are very helpful. 
And there's, um, we looked online, tried to find something that was free, that was, that was fairly good, and that wouldn't take too long. Some of those spiritual gift tests, like a thousand questions, I was like, I'm not going to do that to anybody, uh, especially myself, right? And so, uh, so we looked online. There was one that's called spiritualgifttest.com, so it's not too hard. Um, and you can go to our website, funchurch.com. We have a link to it. I asked their, their spirit, their, um, the owner of their website if we could use that. They said yes. And we also, um, so you can go on and you can use that one. It's free, um, and if you do it there, that kind of scores it, and it gives you kind of like your, what they would say. These are what we would think might be your gifts, right? But, of course, those aren't gospel truths, but at least they're, they're some ideas. Uh, or if you, like, uh, if you don't like the Internet and you trust pen and paper better, we have some paper copies in the back, and, and, and so you can pick up one of those, and it shows you how to score it. So that's a way that you can find your spiritual gifts um, in your bulletin. This is what's going to happen over the next five weeks. Spiritual gifts are just portion of, of how God shaped you. It's the first thing, right? It is the very first portion. We want to look at your spiritual gifts, but you are more than your spiritual gifts. So let's say I'm, I'm extroverted. Did you guys know that? Right? So I have that whole idea. I like to be in front of people. That's how God designed me. Well, I was gifted to be able to understand God's word, right? Read it, understand it, and explain it. Well, let's say I was really introverted and shy, Right, my personality was there, and let's say I didn't have the, the, the abilities for public speaking, but I had the gift of understanding God's word and explaining it to others. Do you think what I'm doing now would be the ministry that God had for me? No, I would be like a tire driving a nail, wouldn't I? Every time I'd come up here, it'd be miserable, and you'd be miserable too. It'd be awkward, right? Probably in that, I would have to look and say, God made me for something different, maybe one-on-one discipleship or something like this, Right? Spiritual gifts are hugely important, but they don't want the whole story. So over the next five weeks, what's going to happen, you notice in your bulletin, there are some lines in the bottom of your bulletin thing that, that says, these are my spiritual gift or gifts. If you have more than one, we gave you some lines, right? Because who knows? Put those down there and save these. Come back all these next five weeks, and we're going to give you an opportunity to combine all of these, and at the end of our five weeks, an opportunity then to come and to, to have an interview and, and kind of put all these things together and help uh, allow us to help connect you into the ministry you were made for. Um, so it's going to be, this is just the first one, but we need to get there. Now, what are our, our commitments today? Some things that you can do based upon this. I know it's a super practical series, so it, it wasn't hard to come up with things. I think the first thing, if you take out your connection card, on the back side, here's some things I want to motivate you to action. Right? We don't want to just learn about, hey, spiritual gifts are great, who cares? Right? Let's do something about it. Right? You were made for something. So the first one is this. I'm going to challenge you to memorize 1 Corinthians 12.4. Why? Because when we are studying our spiritual gifts, we are humans, and we will want to, to either be prideful or envious, aren't we? That is what's going to happen because we have a sinful spirit. This, this is what naturally happens. I want you to have there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. Don't let the devil tell you you've got a lousy gift. Right? Don't let... You know, the, the devil or, or even in your own spirit say, hey, I, I wish that I was made differently. There's a power in this passage that protects us from that, right? There are different kinds of gifts. You were made unique. So, so don't, as you're looking for this, don't try to think about who I would wish I was. Let's look at who, how God made you and trust that that is good. It's the same spirit that created me, created you, created everybody else in this room, and he's got a reason for each of us. So I'm going to challenge you. Let's memorize and meditate on that because it's going to protect us from falling into the trap of what the Corinthians fell into at the beginning. And as pastor of the church, I really want to keep us healthy. So that's what I'm going to challenge you to do. The second thing, 
I'm going to challenge you to do this week is read Romans 12, right? Uh, Because this is another passage where it talks about spiritual gifts and how they're used. So it might give you an idea, might give you some insight as perhaps maybe what your spiritual gifts are, but also how they could be used. So I would encourage you to read Romans 12, a short chapter, um, pretty good stuff. Third challenge that that you might want to do this week, I'm going to challenge you is this. Why don't you discover your spiritual gifts? Remember, we want to saturate the Estes Valley with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be disciples of Jesus that build disciples of Jesus. We want to be about God's work, not just showing up and being passive in, in what he's doing. We want to be active in his kingdom, right? He called us here for a reason. We have a very short time as humans, right? However long God allows you to live, you have purpose in your life. So let's live for that, and you'll feel successful in your life, complete, fulfilled. You're doing what you're meant to do. In order to do that, you have to know how God made you. And so I'm going to challenge you this week. Maybe you, have, you already know what your spiritual gifts are. This would be easy, but maybe you have no idea. Take this time this week. Ask God. Say, God, show me these things. Think about your conversion. If there was anything that changed, take the spiritual gift inventory, the test. Really discover what your spiritual gifts are. And then the next thing I'm going to challenge you to do is why don't you attend the next four weeks? It's a five-week thing. You, want, you don't want to just discover a portion of your shape. That's not real very helpful, right? It, it does some good. But let's discover who you are. And I'm going to challenge you to come. Let's, let's, let's come these next four weeks as a, as a body of Christ, as, as his people. Let's discover who he made you to be and get that whole picture and put it all together so we can find exactly where God has meant, meant what he's meant you to do. Right? How cool would that be? So maybe there's any one of those that you have a... Uh, a commitment that you'd like to make, let me know. I will be uh, supporting you in prayer this week. Um, and if you don't want to s- find your spiritual gifts, I'll be praying for you too. Um, here's another one, something else I didn't think of. Write that down. I also want to support you. If there's a prayer request, if you have something you would like us to lift to God, please tell me. I mean, last week was awesome. There's some weeks where you just get lots of answered prayers. There are prayers that we've been praying for years and some of them for months. And one of them that was just like a couple days and like last week was like a bunch of answered prayers and it was all so cool, a lot of miraculous things. And some weeks it's just praying in the long run, but knowing that God is hearing our prayers. Let us pray with you. And so if you've got a prayer request, please let me and our staff, our pastors join you, support you in that. Lastly, um, I want to say, if you are here this morning, if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, you're not a, a believer yet, and you're an intellectual, you're, you haven't made that decision, and, but you're interested, and, and this whole spiritual gift concept and having design and purpose in your life and is, is intriguing, and you want to find out more. How do you accept Jesus? Um, right here on this top slide, I would like more information about starting a relationship with Jesus. Check that off. Make sure that I have your contact information. I'll meet with you this week. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. It's not a sales pitch. I'm not going to pressure you to make a decision, but I do want to help get you get the information to understand who Jesus is. What does it mean to answer your questions about faith? How do you become a Christian? Right? And then in and out of that, how do you grow in, in faith um, if you choose to make that decision? But let me know. And so that would be an important thing. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take our offering. And as we take our offering, our tithes, our gifts, remember our offering is so much more than just about money. It's about heart. It's about ministry. It's about investing in God's kingdom. That's why I also want you to take these connection cards. I want you to drop these in the offering basket because you're just not just offering, dropping these in there so I get the information. You're, you're dropping your commitments, your heart to God. And let's invest in God's kingdom together. Now, before we do that, let's, of course, let's pray for these, our commitments, for our tithes and our gifts, and uh, let's pray for God to use them. So please join me in that. Lord, we uh, are grateful that you have a, a 
an enormous plan that uh, is really beyond our brains. And it needs to be because this world is so broken beyond our, our capacity to see how it can be fixed. But God, you are amazing. And you love not just the world, but you love us individually, each one of us. You've crafted each one of us purposefully for a reason, for a ministry, for significance. Lord, I pray over these next five weeks that you would help us as a church to find exactly what that is. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to the design that you created for each one of us, but I also pray for our leaders in this, for the pastors, for myself, the staff, as we begin to put all this together to see how you have formed this body, that we'll see exactly what it is that you've made for us, what you want us to do as, as faithful believers in Estes Park. And Lord, we know very clearly in your word that you called us to be your disciples, to make disciples. Lord, we see very much in your word that you've called us to spread the gospel, to to saturate our world with the good news of Jesus so that all who may believe will. Father, to begin with, we need to know who we are. So help us this week as we make these commitments for each one of us that are going to look and and determine our spiritual gifts. But you show us how you made us. What are our gifts? And Father, in that, uh, we pray that we will be able to find greater joy truer identity of who we are and in this that it wouldn't just be wasted gifts that we wouldn't just do them use them for our own benefit but father we would be able to love our community and to love our neighbors and our family members and to use these these gifts to better this world in your name and father we also thank you for the tithes and the offerings that we have the privilege of bringing to you may they not just be gifts that are given but father also an investment in your kingdom that your kingdom will come and your will will be done right here in Estes Park and in our own lives, just like it is in heaven. And Father, we pray for our pastors who are meeting this week. Give them wisdom, direction to know how to lead this church. We pray for our finance team to know how to spend these funds and direct them well. And for our staff, Father, maybe we be wise stewards. And Lord, in all of this, we pray that this church, this body, will be built solid for you. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the powerful name of our Savior, Jesus.